<laughs> RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What the hell is going on? My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. This is unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, and humanity. And damn it, don't we need that? I know I do. I'm kind of sick of it. I'm sick of the I'm sick of the cruelty. I'm sick of the fascism. And we'll get into it. So if you can, well, if you can support the liberal media, please do so at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And that will help us keep going and growing in spite of the, we don't have any billionaires trickling on us. All right. And what else? SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, give the show a good review on iTunes. If you can, that helps. Don't forget to do that. Um, I'm ordering you. Okay. Um, who else? What else? Rockfin. We're on Rockfin. Join Rockfin to get this show bundled in with other shows. Liberal shows. All right. Good people like Lee Camp, Ron Placone, who we should get on the show soon. And what else? Uh, FYI Nation, of course. I know. This is, this, this is where everybody just fast forwards. Because it's plugs. We got to do the plugs. And, you know, they're really calls to action, too. So to help us, help the liberal media. And we need it. This country needs it. If Without the liberal media, we don't stand a chance. And we know that the so-called liberal media is, is really corporate media, the mainstream media. So you either get the Fox News fascist propaganda or you get the corporatist propaganda. Uh, in fact, I was on Ron Placone's... I was looking at one of his uh, Insta Instagram page, I believe... I wish I had grabbed this. Um, the sh I wish I had taken a shot of it. But And there was a shot of three billionaires being interviewed on CNN. And the lower third said, socialism or capitalism? You know, which, which is better? Uh, with just three billionaires there giving you, giving us all their opinion. Yet... The American people, we know how stupid the American people are. I hate to say it. We're damn dumb. We, we, not us. Because, well, this is the thing. Whenever I get um, attacked or whatever, you know, not physically attacked by a, by a Republican, and they'll say, you're, you know, you're dumb. They don't really have anything to back it up, as usual. It's just, just a bunch of babies throwing well, baby monkeys throwing poo-poo. But they'll say, you know, oh, oh, wait, hold on. You're, um, you're dumb. And I'll say, uh, you voted for a tax-cheating, draft-dodging dictator and being con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam who received, well, who received fewer votes. Um, I didn't. I think I win. As far as the smarts go, how stupid do you got to be to vote for to vote for that con man? But it's beyond stupid. It's it's racism. <laughs> this, Republicans are always like, that's all you call us. We just call us racist. Um, we have a lot of other words we can call you. 
it's not that, yeah, we're the ones who read books and we know how to speak. We know when to put the, where to put the apostrophe and Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. So it's, it's, it's you, it's you. Oh, I'm looking at the chat. Uh, what was I saying? Yes. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat right out of the gate. And thank you, Richard W., another great show, Tara. I think it's going to be a great show. Thank you. I do. I agree with you this time. <laughs> because we're going to have Mark and Seth from Shaping Progress. And if you guys saw the announcement last night, we were going to do a show yesterday, but then Shaping Progress, we we're, we have to coordinate better with Shaping Progress because Mark is our, he's like our baby. We, not a, he's not a baby, but he is our baby and I don't care how old you are when you're somebody's baby you're always their baby so Mark is a great human being and so is Seth and they're going to come on the show so we all hung out in the Shaping Progress chat room last night and tonight Mark and Seth are going to be on we're going to continue well we'll talk about what we were talking about and everything else I do want to I do feel for them being a millennial and as fascism breaks out, well, we're trying, we're trying. So, and thank you, JD, for your super chat. Good evening, Tara, and all Tara fans. Thank you. And thank you, Errol Thomas, for your super chat. Errol writes, why is it so difficult for Republic clowns to see things the way us liberals do? Because, I'll tell you right now, they are racist. That's it. It's this, it's their fundamental flaw. They, they lack, well, it's all kind of, I guess the, I'm trying to, hmm, trying to process this. It's all, it all connects because being um, a dummy, it's like a vicious circle. Being a dummy makes you a racist and race, you know, if you're a racist, you're a damn dummy. Of course you are. And so it goes it, it, there, but, but the, for the racism, right there, it is a fundamental sickness inside themselves. And yeah, I think, uh, that's what it, it comes down to a maturity that they lack and, uh, they're not that swift. So they, they lack this mature and no one is encouraging them to evolve. They're their dim leader, their, the people they vote for, the, the morons who, I mean, well, they're all morons, but they're the nefarious morons who trick them because they, they sell this, this fake freedom to them. It's not freedom, honey. You're being, you're a sucker. It's not freedom to pay third. Let's say most people pay the 35% around their tax rate while Jeff Bezos pays effing 1%. I just, this just came out. Jeff Bezos. I don't know. I, I can't, I don't want to look it up right now, but it, he paid a, a tax rate of one something 0.1%. And that's really a big F you to humanity, but we allow it. Because of the sickness, we are, we're ruled by sick people who are greedy and they they have no allegiance to the Constitution because if they did, we wouldn't be in this boat. All of the Supreme Court justices that whittled away at camp, campaign finance laws and allowed 
money and politics, that they uh, they knew what they were doing. They knew it because the the biggest fear for a conservative is democracy truly breaking out. Of course, I'm, we're not talking about tr- true democracy. We're talking about a democratic republic. True democracy would be you know, a one-person, one-vote type deal. That's not what we have. But it's, you know, we Democrat, what is it? it uh, Democ- we are constitutionally limited democratic republic. So they, they don't like that. And the, the power structure, the elites who have worked years and years and years to entrench their, you know, their rule, uh, they know that they know how to pull people's, push people's buttons and pull their strings because they, you know, they're nefarious. They're not operating out of some altruism. They're not operating out of the, uh, the higher notion of a democratic republic. Oh, yes, we're all in this together. No. They want to steal, and they want us to cheer them all along as they do it. That's why the Republicans are so dumb, the, the ones who vote for these assholes, because all they're doing is saying, yes, my lord, take my money and funnel it into Jeff Bezos's pocket so he can jerk off in space. Yes, my lord, as they run around down here, you know, while Bezos is laughing, laughing all the way to space as he's, as he's uh, you know, pleasuring himself, the idiots are down here with their AK-47s and their tiki torches and their N-word and their critical race theory freak-out bullshit and their, you know, mask... Uh, resistance, all of this. You think you think the you, you think that's freedom? They think they're fighting for freedom when they're fighting for their own goddamn oppression. We're fighting for freedom, and it includes trying to get through to some of them. I mean, I don't know about all. They are the minority, so we can leave them in the dustbin of history where they belong, legally and peacefully. But there are others in who might consider themselves Democrats or normal people or uh, <clears throat> or independents. Hold on. This is Tara Devlin, Unapologetic Liberal Talk. Uh-oh. What happened there? What happened there? My Roku went off. See, now you're seeing how the cake is made here. Now you know. We do it. We're doing it anyway. That's how I look at the show. It's not perfect, but we're doing it at a. Why are you texting me now? Okay. Um. Yeah, they're they're clowns. Uh. Okay. What I wanted to talk about before we have uh, Mark and Seth get get in here. Let's. I mean, there's so much to talk about. In fact, actually, let's. I was gonna go into the Giuliani thing, but one thing. Um, we can talk about it and be a good segue into bringing Mark and Seth on is something yesterday as I'm perusing social media to, uh, I don't know, figure out what the hell, what the hell's going on in this world. Uh, there was something on posted by a liberal site on, on Instagram. 
and so I'm sorry to say I didn't grab it, but wait, what is this? No, that's not it. It was it was it was an article about this this billionaire, this woman. Yeah, she's done this before. She's I'm not saying it's a bad thing. She Mackenzie Scott. Jill oh, fucking Christ. You know what I mean? Every I don't know what's going on with my with every with my web pages. I have to sign in constantly. Holy shit. Thomas, I'm on the air. <laughs> Why are you calling me now? Say to say tell everybody. Because you were so worried I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I know you don't usually not respond for days. And, so. and the answer to come on the show was yes, I'd love to. Oh, okay. Well, we have Mark and Seth are calling in in a half hour. So if uh, if that goes, you know, if they end up, if there's enough time, if there's enough time. No worries. And I'm sorry. You're fine. You're on the air now. So it's okay. okay. No <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. That's Thomas, you know Thomas, from FYI Nation and the FYI Nation morning show. What was that? What I was saying was I'm trying to log into Washington Post that I have a subscription for it. Like I have a subscription to every friggin' thing, every other thing. That's another reason why I ask you to become patrons because, you know, it costs money to do this shit. But... um and now for some reason every every time i every time i open a web page and even though i tell it to save my info it doesn't and i have to fucking log in all over again it's really annoying especially when you know like right now that we're on the air and if anybody has any suggestions how to fix that <laughs> i don't know what to do i emptied the cache i blah 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 so, all right. Sign in to the Washington Post. Yes. Damn it. All right. So, Mackenzie Scott, who is a billionaire, donates $133 million for in-school support services. Wonderful. Another money bomb has fallen from the bank account of Mackenzie Scott. This time a large donation to support a group that provides services inside schools for at-risk students aimed at helping them thrive and graduate. That's great. But you know what? That's not the way this thing is supposed to work. That's not how democracy is supposed to work. So someone, one of these liberal sites, and I'm sure all over the place, they were like, congratulations or great whatever, you know, just saying how wonderful Mackenzie Scott is. Thank this is uh, just shows how how some some billionaires have good hearts and all the comments. So I, I went through the comments and I was looking for any sign of uh, awareness and understanding that this is not supposed to run that way. That's not. So that's not democracy. I'm sorry. We are not, we're not supposed to live and die under the good graces of our betters. Schools are not supposed to, 
have um, funding if if a if they find a rich benefactor that's not how this thing is supposed to work so we are so far off the track here because to my disgust nobody but me because then i posted i was trying to find it i'm sorry guys i yeah i can't tell you i had a day a goddamn day that i i couldn't it was just non-stop and it was really annoying so um all of the prep i wanted to do was i wasn't able to do it so we're just gonna wing it that's how it goes but you know what i'm saying to me and i hope uh to you too that uh, while we can say that isn't that wonderful filling in the gaps for this broken system but all that does is perpetuate the broken system because everybody's too busy praising her for being such a benevolent lord oh thank you milady thank you uh, am i am i the only one that uh, sees this because this is offensive to me i don't care if it's going for a good cause it's okay great take the money because that's the reality we live in but when you do we should be making an announcement and saying you know what this is great Mackenzie, and of course it comes in handy but we wouldn't have to beg billionaires for a trickle if not for the broken ass system if not for our our kiss up kick down system where we fund education through property taxes which is a, a racist ass policy that persists and i don't ever hear democrats talking about that education in this country is vital for democracy therefore we shouldn't there should be no good schools and bad schools they should all be good schools the reason we don't have good schools and well the reason we have this 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 disparity is because of deliberate effing jim crow racist ass morons there and their prick bastard enablers who put this shit into policy so there would be ghettos and there would be a certain segment of society that would be little bit lower on the ladder all the time how do you get into the so-called middle class i mean i know that's a joke right now but when you get how do you get into the so-called middle class from um that kind of upbringing let's say or that kind of uh, disparity and then what happens we see that i mean maybe you know upbringing is not the right word of course but but the disparity and then when someone does make it and it's usually you'll see um the corporate media will praise that person for for whatever however they did it usually or playing sports or getting the you know for some or some innovator that sort of made something of themselves in spite of all the you know in spite of this my father was a coal miner my mother was a coal uh, a coal uh, whatever a coca-cola lover hold on this is tara devlin we'll be right back 
All right, we're back. I'm uh, I'm looking at the chat. Oh, thank you, Jim, again. What the hell? You could save the stuff as screen caps when you first find it. No, I know. I think it was, I was just too, it was going by too fast and I was doing other thing. I have to do, I usually do that. Trust me. I'm, I am preparing the show all day <laughs> and, and through, through my life, whenever something, even when I'm, sometimes I'll be driving and I'll think of something and I'll turn on the, the note and I'll dictate a note into it. It never stops. So, yeah. And thank you, J. for your super chat. Hi, Tara. Thank you for being the Tara Buster. Yep. Classism has never been more entrenched. Through my heart, I find a way to humility as pissed as I, ha- I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Though, excuse me, though, for my heart. I didn't read that correctly. Well, sometimes I have a little dyslexia. It's weird. Does that happen in your old age, dyslexia? I feel like I have it now. <laughs> Can you catch that? But you know what I'm saying? Am I off base here? To me, I I don't think it's that hard to fix this country. It's we don't have the will because of the entrenched power structure and we have so many useless idiots and some useful idiots. We actually have some people that, you know, just like, you know, liberals, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe even on watching this show, liberals, normal people, good people, decent people that are, are, you know, we're the ones posting, oh, thank you, this is great. And the, the, the meme itself said something about how, you see, some billionaires have good hearts. Who? fucking cares is that how we're supposed to live isn't that why the founders fought a revolution because uh yeah they didn't fight a revolution so we would just rebuild the same entrenched intergenerational aristocracy here and it's frustrating that's why i'm talking about it because it's it feels like nobody realizes it and then when I point it out, it's like, oh, yeah, right. It's because we've been so propagandized. It's entrenched. It goes to show you how successful the corporate media has been. And I'm sure you'll see a story about it, about Mackenzie Scott trickling some, some money on, on a, a school. Just like we saw the years ago, well, I think he does it regularly, uh, Stephen Colbert giving money to his elementary school alma mater. That's great. But why? It shouldn't be that way. We have enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed. God damn it, that's really it. As Jeff Bezos jerks off around the world now, the whole world, I mean, they, this mother effer, who went to see the big blue marble from space, and unfortunately, I guess it hasn't worn off when he got back at home because his, he's got a yacht that needs a yacht to s- service the big yacht that's so big that it can't go, go through, uh, go under a bridge. And uh, you know what? F you. F that. 
here in the United States of Serfs and Lords. Meanwhile, his workers, and trust me, I get emails from right-wingers, and they'll say, Amazon's a good job, and they'll, they'll all, I don't know what they get out of constant, their, their pathological Stockholm syndrome. Whether it's a good job or not, they pay $15 an hour. They could pay double that. Why don't they? You, could you imagine, like, 30, well, now it's 40 years ago, 40 years ago, the number one, the main employer in the country was General Motors, a good union job that paid living wages. Their starting salary was $35 an hour back then. Oops. And when remember when Obama saved the auto industry, one of the concessions that they made with the union was that new employees could uh, they couldn't start at a $35 an hour salary. They had to start lower. I think it was $15 an hour. And there were all these other concessions with no job security and whatnot. So 40 years ago, the number one employer in the country was GM. And today, I think, I don't know, it was Walmart. I think Amazon passed it. But still, Amazon should pay, should pay living wages. There should be no reason why anybody who has a job needs to go on public assistance. And we know the the horrors of Walmart. One of the they one of the uh, more disgusting aspects was that they would give seminars to their employees about how to how to apply for public assistance. Meanwhile, the Walton family, five mother effers, have more wealth than half the population, and we um, we accept that. It's not about, and then the other thing, the right-wingers, sometimes when I'm talking, <laughs> I hear them in my head responding and, because they're so predictable, too. They say the same things until they, whatever their justifications are, and then it immediately goes to your, uh, you know, your uh, pick your pejorative. So, <clears throat> because they got nothing. You're stupid, you're this, you're that, you know, or they'll say, you know, you, whatever. I, I don't need to repeat it. But the it's just a bunch of effing greedy clowns. Clowns. All right, let's, uh, let me see. I, if you're listening, call in. Mark. <clears throat> Mark. And thank you. Wait, wait, wait. I'm losing my voice. Thank you, Mark C. For your super chat. Please repeat and spread liberally the Republican, well, he says Republican, the Republican Party is dead and are now the fascist party. Yes, they are. And we're going to talk about that, too, how they <laughs> censured Cheney and Kinzinger. It's hard to say. You say it. You say it 10 times. All right. So let's see. Saul and I will be ready around nine. Uh, OK, yeah, that's fine. That's why we I got more to talk about, really. Good. Fine. So Saul and um and Mark are calling in at nine. 
So, like, I, I don't know why I'm, uh, I just want to warn you. I feel like my voice is going. That's why I'm drinking a lot of coffee. I hope that doesn't disgust you. I know how gross it might sound if you're just listening and you hear me like, and coughing and gulping. That's why I say become a patron because, you know, maybe I can get some help up in this bitch for this bitch. All right, let's talk about, I mean, I will talk about the billionaires too, of course. It's all related. The the clown show that is the Republican Party. What a bunch of... That's all I, I said to myself. What a bunch of clowns. Treason clowns, yeah. Traitor clowns. But they have no dignity. They bring absolutely zero dignity to the table. I don't know how they get away with what they are. And I guess it's because all they're all the same. You know what I mean? They don't they don't care as long as the base uh, the base doesn't care because they they have no decency. They don't care as long as they can say the n word or you know feel like they're uh, superior somehow. So <laughs> this is from Deadline. Of course, spoiler alert, Rudy Giuliani was unmasked for an exciting, uh, wait, wait, as an, wait, wait, as an exiting costumed contestant. I don't know this show, but the other Republicans have appeared on it. Most notably Sarah Palin. And, well, that's who she is. When Sarah Palin, went, they tried to put her one heartbeat away from the presidency. She's a, she's a clown, too. A clown. A treason clown, yeah. But she, all she wanted was a reality show. If you're in it for altruism, how do you resign your governorship to go do a reality show? Right? If that's your aspiration? To be a public servant? And you have an offer to do a reality show, which it was a, a vile, disgusting trip through uh, depravity, really. Just disgusting. And we talked about it before on the show, how she killed a moose and chopped it up on, on camera as she giddily chopped it up. I mean, just a filthy ghoul. And... You know, that, that moose was the sacrifice for Sarah Palin's ego. This is Tara Devlin. We were talking about the clown show. So, here, where the heck is it? Look at this. Look at this clown. America's fascist mayor. Another thing the Republicans will inundate me with, uh, if ever I talk about Giuliani, is how, how great he was. What a great mayor he was. And that's a myth, too. He, uh, he cleaned up New York. He didn't, uh, he, he didn't do whatever alone. And there were a lot of other reasons why. I mean, I don't want to really get into that, but... If ever he was uh, a good mayor, he was just that. That's far, <laughs> far behind him. 
it makes i mean think about he sucked as a mayor and anybody on 911 uh would have done whatever he did and a decent mayor wouldn't have put the command center in world trade center number 7 after, especially after the world trade center was already attacked in 92 so there are many reasons why he sucked uh, his corruption his uh of course what was that Bre- bernie carrick character they're all in it for for themselves for money and the one thing about September 11th, what it really irritates me is how the Republicans branded him as America's mayor, yet Hillary Clinton was right there. I, I, you know, I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan or whatever, but she was right there alongside him. Why wasn't she America's senator? All What did he do? And in fact, the Republicans really did a lot more damage, not only using 9-11 as a pretext to attack a country that had nothing to do with 9-11, just to attack a country they always wanted to attack for years. Uh, Talk about a betrayal of trust in the United States, right? Uh, That's what they do. If Al Gore was president, as he should have been because he he got the most votes, I highly doubt we would have gone gone into Afghanistan or Iraq as a military adventure. That's what they did in 92. They, They got all the perpetrators and they put them on trial, as we should in a democratic republic. But the republicans, they um, always criticize that because they, they're fascists, just like I've always said. They, the Constitution is just a goddamn piece of paper to them. They don't want to read anybody their rights. This is how they, I'm sure you remember, them constantly attacking Obama, saying, oh, Obama's soft on terrorism because he's reading people their rights. Well, that's um, the right that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us. Um, And it's such a heartbreak because when you think about the Americans during World War II, how we prosecuted the case against fascism, it was to not see um, Churchill and others wanted wanted nothing to do with the trial for the Nazis. He wanted them put up against the wall and shot. And many, uh, yeah, that's what they deserve. But it was really the Americans that convinced Churchill and the rest of the Allies to put them on trial because we were fighting uh, for democracy. We're fighting for the rule of law. And this is, you know, just like how George Washington stopped the Newburgh conspiracy because we... He convinced his officers, we're fighting not for your measly paycheck, but for um, uh, an ideal. We're fighting for the ideal of a free people who can rule themselves. And if you storm the Capitol at the time and uh, demand payment or whatever, you will cheapen the sacrifices that everyone made in the past, in the seven years fighting the war. 
But you see, Republicans never have the best interest of the American people, much less democracy or the Constitution at heart, as, as they know. That's why they're so nauseating on top of everything else, just nauseating looking at them. With the sweaty, I mean, what is that? What is he? What did he do? He had is that hair dye, and he sweated out. How? I don't understand. Is it? How has that happened? You don't. Is that like a temporary dye? That whatever. But it goes to show you. I mean, these people are are effed up, and they don't have the best interests of democracy. And you, and in order to function in a democracy we need well a person needs to have a level of maturity and that's why education is so important and the rule of law is so important and everything that is required for a functioning democracy is inconvenient for the republicans prove me wrong all all the all the while for years We've been saying, and every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. What, back in the day, when the, uh, the Patriot Act, when they started torturing people, whenever Republicans get their greedy, unfit, inhumane, immature, greed-centered clutches around the neck of power, they squeeze the life out of decency, dignity, democracy and humanity really prove me wrong uh, how how proud are we I, re I remember seeing the that photo exhibit of the you know the the couple of bad apples at abu Ghraib. nobody no uh, no one or ever um was held accountable for that except the low the low people on the totem pole uh, what about dick cheney ordering torture in violation of the Geneva Conventions because the, the Geneva Conventions is just another goddamn piece of paper. Like Cheney said at the time, they are um, one of the, some, whatever, someone on the corporate media were, um, was I don't know, where was interviewing him and they said, the American people don't want this war. And he said, so, that's the Republican way. So, they're fascists. Back then, me, Rob, well, Robin, we were all screaming. And Mike, Mike Malloy, that in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascists. But nobody, you know, I mean, the other, it's like, excuse me, not everybody doesn't want to hear it, doesn't want to, but the whole system has been set up to disassociate people from from the government when we should all be engaged it shouldn't be the nine most dangerous words in the in the english language are i'm from the government and i'm here to help right then should be the warning sign and people should sort of say what are you talking about that's the government that so many died for. That's the government that those men who stormed the beaches of Normandy died for. What are you effing talking about? 
you jackass, you effing clown. Go back with to Bozo. And, but the thing is, when I'm looking at this Giuliani picture and um, you see how the whole system is set up to really cheapen us and, and kind of it's set up to to fail at this point there will be no political consequences for Giuliani none for being on the mass saying what the fuck is he on there anyway for right why should a fascist get a, a spot on a on a game I don't even know what this is what is this it's like a clown show Oh, you want, and they all do it. Sarah Palin, she's not just on her own. She's the mass singer, singing Baby Got Back. Uh, who else? Sean Spicer, remember? I think I have him, yeah. They're horrible. Ask, I, I just want anybody to uh, think. Uh, any Democrats do things like this? Former presidents, former... Anybody, any former whatever, former press secretaries. Um, the Democrats don't do it because Democrats are, they're not clowns to the extent that these effing fascists are. The bread and circus without the bread. That's what we have here. Just a goddamn circus. That's why I feel a responsibility to our millennial correspondent Mark and and Seth, his producer because they gotta live in this world that we left them like this the country um, you know, the promises of democracy it's really it's really uh, pissing me off that We've been promised, you know, it's like the whole, my whole life. For example, uh, just growing up, uh, going into the National Guard, uh, all this time, me, I'm thinking that we are living in a democracy. And there's something here. I mean, anyway, hold on. I think I'm going off the rails there. Here we go. Because <laughs> I'm looking for Sean. <laughs> Look. Oh my God, you want to get sick? I'm sorry, if I have to look at this. I'm not watching this shit alone. Sean Spicer, Night Fever. Clown. And then Trump the president of the, the effing so-called president of the United States, remember he tweets, everyone vote for Sean. It's, uh, it's beyond. I don't, sometimes you just don't know what to say. Here, here's uh, our other favorite fascist. With the stars next, he has braved some of the most perilous situations in the world. Like what? Kissing Putin's ass? Kissing Erdogan's ass? Oh, you know who he is. Your favorite pasty-faced chicken boy heir. He's a chicken murderer. Although every single chicken that ever lost its life for a Swanson dinner 
has more value, more decency, more, it gave more to the world than Tucker effing Tokyo Rose fascist Erdogan kissing ass Carlson. Why can't I say that name, Carlson? It doesn't come out. Then his entire Swanson family have in their friggin' whole lineage every single one single chicken. That's what pisses me off, and he he doesn't care. Now his most intimidating assignment, dancing the cha-cha-cha on national television. It's political journalist Tucker Carlson. Political journalist. Okay? Just say it enough, and it comes true for these fascists. Political journalist who um, a couple of days ago made an announcement that He's not a Russian asset, which means definitely, most definitively, he is a Russian asset. Of course he is. If you, if you aren't a Russian asset on purpose, you're a Russian asset by accident because they're using your propaganda. They're showing your lies in Russia and talking about what a great guy you are. You know, that autocracy, that oligarchy that's about to invade a democratic, another democratic country. Wow. I, I mean, sometimes you're, I just can't believe it, too. They are, they're out of the closet with the fascism. I don't understand why anybody votes for them any true patriot they're not patriots these are this is the these are the domestic enemies the founders warned us about and they suck at dancing too they suck at singing they suck at masked singing and they suck at being i guess just uh enjoying their lives they can't even do it with dignity decency or or humanity they're, they're just douchey being a douche. Professional partner, Elena Granyenko. Poor woman. My name is Tucker Carlson. I'm a journalist. I wrote You're for not... magazines and newspapers for about 10 years. And I've been You're a... not a journalist. You're a fascist. Television news for about six. There are some unknown number of Israeli forces. The hundreds, maybe the thousands. Oh, wow. Get that clip. I mean, trying to give him some legitimacy. Here I am at the Israeli-Lebanon border with bombs blowing up behind me. Ooh, Tucker, chicken boy, who got fired from MSNBC, fired from CNN, brings nothing to the table, but that's another symptom of the sickness. We're here. We live in a country where chicken boy and uh, Megan McCain, trust fund brat, these ill-informed, sophomoric, Plutocrats, I don't even know. What do you call them? Are they, they have these large platforms and they spread their bullshit. While the American people are, uh, you know, working their side gigs, their side hustles. I know the, the jobs are great job report. Even the fascists on Fox News, the propagandists, of course, they were prepping the audience. Oh, it's going to be bad. And they want America to fail. 
And when a jobs report came out and it was good, they really didn't know what to do. But in my opinion, I mean, okay, a lot of jobs. I heard somebody on the corporate media saying, so if you need a job, um, they were, of course, blaming people for there's a labor shortage. And they, someone on the corporate media was saying, oh, if you need a job, just go out and get one. But uh, what kind of jobs? That's what I want to know. Are these decent union jobs with um, living wages and retirement security? What kind of jobs are we talking about when we're living in a country where the rich just got a lot more richer in the, in the past two years of the pandemic? Um, okay, a lot of jobs, but pay, pay people. Pay people a living wage. It's not just about getting a job. Yeah, let's go get a job doing what? Boxing oranges at, at uh, Food Mart. Okay. Well, what's the salary? How much is the CEO getting compared to the lowest worker? Because 40 years ago, it used to be about 50 times. The, the CEO would, would earn 50 times the lowest paid worker. Now it's, I mean, last I looked, it was like 435% difference. I'm sure it's wider now. I, I, that's what I'm talking about, guys. This learned goddamn helplessness of the majority of the American people. They're malinformed. They're misinformed. And they wonder why everything sucks. Why people are declaring medical bankruptcy. Why uh, the, the country's divided. We're so divided because they divide us constantly. And everyone is at a breaking point. I mean, the stress. I believe that this whole country has PTSD, but there's no unity. Do you know that this... If uh, if not for the fascists, we we could have come out of this pandemic a more unified country with universal health care, which is a unifying thing. That's how it needs to be framed. It's also patriotic, so not leaving people behind. Anyway, why are we looking at this? Look at him. This pudgy little fascist. He never, he's never had a hard day in his life. Talk about sacrifice. This, this guy has never sacrificed lunch. Born on third base, thinking he hit a triple. And now he's out here telling everybody who's lazy, who, uh, you know, that he's basically telling their, his dupes that democracy doesn't work. So why not use violence? Why not overthrow the government? When I first got the call about doing this, I thought oh, they must be calling the wrong guy. My dance experience consists of drinking too much at a couple rehearsal dinners. It's oh my God, he's such a dick. My name is Yelena Grinyanka, and I'm current Britain champion on the dance floor. You poor I'm hot, woman. Sexy, and most of all, very feminine. Tucker Carlson. Lena, nice to meet nice you. Ew. I will be more nervous. I'm sure his hands are clammy as hell. <laughs> all right, let's go to this. Oh, look. Three. See, that was a good one. Oh. 
I'm starting to like the cha-cha. The key I've decided to this oh whole enterprise is don't think. This is a physical thing. Two, that's a good one. I have total confidence. I think of myself as a cha-cha master. Ah, uh, yeah? Okay, good. So Ugh. show me that. If I'll be able to get him through one, that'd be great. If I could get him through a couple of shows, that'd be just amazing. What do I want to achieve? Victory. Victory in Latin dance. the cha-cha-cha Tucker Carlson and his partner Elena Grinienko <laughs> I think Sean Spicer did this one too I think he did oh who else was on it Rick Perry he was on that too and he did the chair thing where the woman dances around him because he can't dance. All right, we'll be right back. We're just mocking Tucker Carlson. It's incredible. How do these people get away with being such douchebags on top of destroying democracy? They, they pay no price for, for this. What would happen if a Democrat did that? That's all you got to do is play... The what if game? Let's imagine if Obama. What if Malia or Sasha, right, did something like this? Was on Dancing with the Stars. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, which? Oh my God. <laughs> All right, I, I have to stop that. That's terrible. And I want to say thank you, Mark C., for your super chat. Oh, well, you're, I already said that. Please repeat it. Well, it needs to be repeated. Please repeat and spread liberally. The Republican Party is dead and are now the fascist party. Yes, that's it. They really are. That's how I have to... I always say, well, whatever. It's amazing. And you know what is also crazy-making and why the corporate media is so damaging is because even through all of this, the storming of the Capitol, the traitorous scumbag who received fewer votes, insisting that the election was stolen, and they, everybody knows he, he's a liar. The 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 um, the corporate media continues to enable it and validate them as legitimate choices, as if oh, and they're also saying now because some oh, because uh, what happened? Pence Pence said that he couldn't overturn the election, and they're giving him a lot of props. He's going against. Is that all it takes? He told the truth a little too late. He also sprinkled in the same old bullshit that there were irregularities in the voting, although we, he knows that's a lie. They all do irregularities. We just want, you know, there are questions, questions that we're, we're uh, the ones <laughs> who are making people question it. It's incredible. 
Well, we know that in here's from uh, the Guardian. Let's see. That's not it. Hold on. Thank you for everything, everybody. So from the Guardian, from Martin Pengali. In an extraordinary move, the Republican Party officially said Donald Trump's attempt to overturn his 2020 election defeat and the deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol were legitimate political discourse. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. They're not kidding. They're not kidding. They are. They want to. They want us all to forget it. Down the rabbit hole. Down the memory hole. More like it. Where is it? Where is it? I'm looking for... Shit. Let's, oh, here's Trump acting presidential while I look for this. Remember I used to say I can be more <laughs> presidential. Look. Oh, you bastard. You, this is a, another example of them denigrating this country, mocking us. What, what, this could have been Kim Jong-un up there making fun of the United States. I said I could be more presidential <sighs> than any president in history, except for Honest Abe. Fucking Honest Abe. Like he knows the first thing about honest anything. Except for Honest Abe. Where is, where is our, maybe they're not calling in. I feel bad now because Thomas wanted to, wanted to join the show. And I told him that we already had a couple of people calling in. So maybe next time. Well, um, God damn it. I need a producer. My producer is in the, he's in the bathroom. He doesn't want to produce tonight. It's unbelievable. All right, call in, you bastards. I mean, I'm try- I don't even I I'm trying to stall here because I don't want to start another thing and then get, you know, we have to stop. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's the way it is with millennials. What can you do? Hold on. Let me see if they're fucking calling in. This is annoying. You see, this, I mean, I'm on a fucking show. Like, it's live. Are you calling in? It was 8.30, now it's 9. Are you calling in? Okay, I mean, we, 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 we can just continue to talk. It doesn't, don't, we don't have to have a, we don't have to have somebody call him. Right? <laughs> no, Pookie's mama, Irene says... <laughs> Tara Jr. Jr. is in the bathroom. He's producing something, yes. No, he's laying on a... He has a... There's a little shelf there. He likes to lay on it. And I guess he likes to look at himself. He is rather cute, don't you think? Why can't I find... Uh, anyway, whatever. We'll just go on. We'll just live our lives and pretend that we never, ever discussed coming on the show 
So, yes. GOP declares deadly capital attack legitimate political discourse. From Common Dreams. January 6th was not legitimate political discourse. It was a violent insurrection on our capital. Said Representative Pramila Jayapal, I didn't know if I'd make it out alive. And others too. Yeah, it was a political, legitimate political discourse. You bring zip ties and you, you erect a gallows. You plant pipe bombs. Right? Po- legitimate political discourse. But you get it. They have always considered violence and being fascist, disgusting fascist, as uh, just another political strategy. I wrote an article years ago about how treason is just another Republican strategy. And starting with Reagan, we, we talk about, I mean, Tom Hartman talks about it, how Eisenhower was the last legitimate elected Republican president. And he was. Wait. Insurrection? I need somebody to type while I'm talking. So Reagan, how did Reagan commit treason? He negotiated with our enemies to hold the hostages so it would be damaging to his his, his opponent. Oh, it wasn't just, it wasn't Reagan. Before Nixon committed treason, that reminds me. When we have this, this is another thing. On tape, a couple of years ago, I know Tom Hartman used to play this all the time. Johnson saying to Everett Dirksen that he knew that Nixon was negotiating with their enemies, with America's enemies. Hold on, we'll be right back. All right, this is Tara Devlin, Unapologetic Liberal Talk. So, like I was saying, um, Nixon, he... So, a couple of years ago, there, the presidential library released this tape of Johnson telling Ed, Everett Dirksen that the CIA knew that Nixon was talking with the enemies of America, the Vietnamese enemies who the United States was at war with, and he was making deals with them to, uh, you know, I guess, for his political gain. And that's treason. That's treason right there. What if I picked up the phone and started negotiating? I mean, not that I have anything to negotiate with, but you know what I mean? Any one of us would be in jail. We'd have a visit from the FBI. and And if it was... Real legit legitimate treason, they, we would be in jail. So this tape was released, and it made nothing. I, I didn't get into the news. Nothing. There was not a blip on the radar. If this were a functioning democracy, that, I I think that would have been kind of a bombshell that a president said to the leader of the Republican Party that he knew that Nixon, who was a private citizen running for presidency, was having talks with America's enemies 
so he it would help him in his political campaign and they were making deals when he wasn't the president you don't do that it all he all he did was undermine the president and the united states and they and they kept people there fighting and dying for nothing so he johnson said I don't want to get this into the campaign. This is treason. And Everett Dirksen said, yeah, I know. And it didn't even make a goddamn headline. Nixon committed treason, Johnson says. What I mean, to me, it's another example of how far we've fallen. Mark is on the phone. Mark, are you there? Mark, hello. hello. I'm here. All right. Hello. Mark, our millennial correspondent, the creator and host of Shaping Progress. Links in the description down down below. And is Seth with Thank us? Thank you for the plug. Of course, of course. Do you have Seth with you? Yes, yeah, Saul. Saul's oh, here. Saul. I, why do I say Seth? What I... I am so sorry. I have to change it because I, I don't know. I think I had it stuck in my mind as Seth. Um, okay. Sorry. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have too many names in my, in my brain running around. But yes, when you said Saul, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. were yesterday, uh, Mark had a show and the topic was, uh, what, what was it? Spirituality and philosophy. And it was really yeah, good. Exactly. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so for much. your support during that time. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And I hope that... I'm glad to... Go ahead. Say. There's a little delay, so... I was so. just going to say, mm -hmm. I'm, glad that, I'm glad to have both of you guys here. And you're, you guys are like my brain trust. <laughs> right. That's cool. <laughs> right? FDR had yeah. his brain trust. We, we all need that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, what, yeah. so let me ask you a question. Um... I know you're you're very liberal, and you live in a liberal part of the country for the most part. You and I'm just wondering yeah. about young people, since you are the millennial correspondent of the Tarabuster Show. Yeah. How? What are what are young people um, engaged in in the, what's going on? I mean, how do they? Uh, what's the just taking the temperature? I know you don't speak for the entire youth, but. Um, yeah. what, you, what is your experience with um, young people that you know? Yeah, I would say um, for the most part, I think young people are certainly more engaged than most of the other generations, mm -hmm. um, what, no matter which side of the aisle they fall on. Um, but it's kind of in a different way because for young people – sorting through the propaganda the way Saul and I do is mm. not as common. Like mm. most people our age just pick sides. You know? Oh, you right. Would, you would really think that the youth would be in like as a whole more progressive. And I think while the progressive element in our generation has gotten stronger, there's this equally strong sort of pushback. You know, I've met these mm. kids with fascist views who don't even realize you know what they're advocating for oh really yeah. you know and a lot of that has to do with parenting mm -hmm. yeah right you know because a child can only open their mind as much as their parent will That's allow true. them to That's yeah true. and 
many of these kids do definitely parent uh, parrot their parents' views. Hmm. Um, and absolutely, it, that gets really tough, especially when those much more fascist people hmm. our age right. um, really don't get at all what fascism is. They Some of them right. certainly see it as kind of like a boogeyman. It doesn't hmm. really exist, right. but we know, we know better, wow. obviously. That, I mean, that's kind of scary because that's, I mean, yeah. we talk about it on the show that democracy is not a guarantee and it needs cultivating like any, like your garden needs cultivating, like your house needs to be, you know, kept up with and you don't just move in and let everything fall to pot. You have to cultivate uh, this, the foundation, you got to make sure things are working and the the american people and i think this is really by design of course since reagan attacked he he was really the first one who attacked public education and made i mean uh, the university ucla used to be free and now we yeah. have kids uh, young people coming out of college and they're nothing but indentured servants to the banks you can't who could pay yeah. this off and the and of course, the Republicans, they blame people for getting degrees. You shouldn't get a degree. Well, yeah, well, that was your fault. And it's this is a time bomb waiting to go off in this country, too. How can you get established, yeah. you know, if you can't, if you're yeah. just saddled with debt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to use that garden metaphor, what we've got right now is like a number of really invasive species that mm. have, you know, the seeds <laughs> have true. flown into the yard and right. taking over. I think the issue too lies in, you know, you're talking about these economic changes that make it harder to live. Mm. I think that's caused a lot of younger right. people to basically just take for granted the fact that the American dream is dead right. in a lot wow. of senses. And the or issue ignore with, it. Yeah, and the issue with that is that it pushes people mm. to the right. You wow. Know, it makes wow. them more authoritarian just as much as it pushes right. you left. Yep. So our generation is just as much of a mixed bag as right. the ones that came before. That's us, true. Yeah, it's always it's it's uh that's human beings are always human beings and we there are a certain percentage of people who are authoritarian personalities they have it and mm -hmm. i mean they've done studies and it's around 35 percent. that's why i in my opinion um J trump's approval never went below 35 percent, even though he was his poll numbers sucked so but it never went below 35 percent. i found that interesting because that was the same percentage of people who are authoritarian personalities and just in general and and, uh, and the the thing about um when they you know attacking education if it kind of scares me hearing that young people don't understand uh, that they're being fascist, you know, that, that I'm sorry, that's a fascist. <laughs> that's not democracy. That's fascism that you're talking about. And that's pretty scary yeah. because political mm, apathy is mm, pretty rampant, mm, you know, right. Empathy seems to be in short supply. Mm, yeah. Um, if, right. if we're, we're, when we're talking about the amount of uh, young people that are progressive, mm. it's just, that's already a small uh, percentage, but it's even, even smaller percentage that's 
caring about uniting and uh-huh. having wow. and have, being altruistic and empathetic. Yeah. Hmm. That's scary, too, because I think, I mean, if I'm looking at it from somebody who's older and just hearing this, it feels like people, young people aren't being taught, um, aren't being taught (laughs) democracy. They're not being taught this, uh, you know, we're in this together. And and it's only going to get worse with the Republicans, the way they're attacking public education in general. Uh, you can't teach yeah. about what now they're saying black history month itself is critical race theory i don't know if you heard that one but <laughs> it's unbelievable so it it makes sense that young people would be like eh, this uh you know and they they won't they don't want to get involved because it doesn't seem like you know it's working for them and they you know, want to do their own thing i and it's kind of like that is why the Republicans do what they do. They want people to be turned off and not engage. Hold on, we'll be right back. That's loud. I was going to mention. All right, we're back. What were you saying, Mark? We're talking to Mark um, and Saul from Shaping Progress. So join Shaping Progress. Link is in the description. And yes, they're young. They're they're the millennial correspondents of the Terror Buster Show. So we're checking in with the youth. Um, what, so what were you going to say, Mark? Um, one thing I was going to say, I, I always try and make this as clear as I can. Um, it's it's not just that um, that Republicans and uh, you know the the Republicans and Democrats, but the political establishment isn't just not incentivized Mm. to promote democracy. They're incentivized not to promote democracy. They're incentivized to promote fascism because otherwise Mm -hmm. they, they will run out of workers and the, uh, the, the system won't work the way they need it to. So, yeah. Right. Right. And that's why, I mean, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. And as well, as we know throughout history, businesses are fine with fascism if you look at uh, the united states we helped uh, arm hitler and uh what's his name prescott bush got cited or whatever they call it um, because he was trading with the enemy he he got in trouble under fdr's trading with the enemy act because fdr said in world war ii uh, there will be uh, not one war millionaire made during this war, so they really can't tamp down on that kind of you know, grift. And you know, it just goes to show you, uh, Prescott Bush—that's George W. Bush's grandpappy was I mean, just another traitor, really. Right? They don't care who they're dealing with; they're getting paid. They're, you know, I mean, in the United States. Every time they've participated in a conflict with a, you know, a supposedly mm-hmm. uh, noble goal, that sort of noble goal has actually been a byproduct of the mm. sort of, you know, the imperialistic desires that they right. are trying to conceal. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Another, another important thing is um, with, with the corporatist element of fascism, I mean, it's not just that cor- corporations and companies want to keep their workers and 
keep their workers in line. It's also that they want to merge into and form mm. parts of the government. Mm. Right. Um, and yes. that's, that's really what they've been able to pull off to the largest extent, in my opinion, in, in the world right now in America through mm. lobbying and through yeah. um, corporate control. So, right. Yeah. And money and politics, the all of the stop gaps to to prevent an oligarchy and to prevent fascism in general are have been whittled away, and the people yeah. now think that this is normal. That's why we were talking about in the beginning of the show the the billionaire trickling on uh, the, a school that needed help, and liberals going off. How great! Isn't this great? It's not great. I, I don't know. That to me, it just that is a case in point. How it's the least that can be done, right? Yeah. But I mean, just to point out that okay, great, thank you for doing that. But you shouldn't have to do this if we had a functioning democracy. We would be. That's how it works. You're supposed to. Everybody pays their yeah. fair share, and then we fund schools, we fund roads, we fund. Yeah, the water that we can drink. We fund FDA, all of that. It shouldn't be. We are uh, just living and dying under the good graces of of a billionaire who's oh, this is a nice. She's nice. Everybody was like praising her, and this were these were liberals. And I mean, okay, great, praise her, but it is uh, point out. It's an opportunity to point out the sickness and what's wrong and we're uh, just even now with with the republicans calling january 6th a uh, legitimate political discourse or whatever um some people are going to think that's true it's so twisted at this point um i don't know i don't yeah. know that made me think of one very important factor for our generation, and that is celebrities. Yes. Pop culture, because mm. celebrities are put into their positions in order to be the people who kind of trickle on the rest of us. Right. And all of our age people applaud. I see all the time, uh, I know you, you're active on Instagram, um, in our generation, one of the weird things to watch other people do um, and one of the ways you can gauge how politically active someone really is is oftentimes there will be these uh, big celebrity events like recently uh, it was Rihanna's pregnancy and you'll watch just all of these people our age repost the celebrities post they've never met them oh, wow yeah enormous fan, wow but, uh, and it's, it's like crazy the amount of impact that kind of can have on people in our generation yeah and it just seems Uh, i guess that that's what you know it's kind of a nice distraction from the the horrors of of the mm -hmm. of of the system itself um you know yeah yeah, i mean there are good things what are the that's what the other day we were talking about okay what's what do we love about america now because that's another thing of the corporate media has a vested interest in constantly telling us how great the country is it's it's oh it's what believe me in the future they're gonna look at this as as the propaganda it is and i i gotta ask like what i want to know what do you love i i know mika brzezinski loves america of course she's got a great 
life. You know, she's rich. She's got, you know, she's paying no taxes. She's sitting, you know, what about the the 80% living check to check? What do they love? Okay, I, I appreciate that we have roads and, you know, that I, I don't have to walk around in a burqa. That, that's what I think, you know. Okay, I was born, born in in a Western country. But I, other than that, everything is a struggle here. Um, getting, a, going to the doctor, going, I mean, it's, it's gross uh, that people have to declare medical bankruptcy. It, it's a part of the sickness for, and the division. But yeah. Well, I, I can watch, I can watch, you know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye give mm-hmm. a, a tour of their billion-dollar house and look right. out my window down on the street and see right there uh, mm. people living in tents. Right. And it's, you know, how can we in good faith mm. allow this to happen to people and not help people when right. we have resources yeah. like we do? That's and it. Yeah. I think... I think that the celebrity thing I was just touching on is is really the how of how most people end up ignoring that kind of thing. It's celebrityism, it's sports, um, mm, mm-hmm. it's college and work. All of those things serve as distractions and kind of hypnotic. Right. Um, you know, there's and there's so much propaganda that's around them too. I mean, right. it's, it gets like addictive for people uh, and. It, in that kind of addictive scenario, like with addiction, everything else kind of just goes out the window. And, and it, you know, quitting that system seems like the hardest possible thing we could do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have the force of progressivism, which, like the force of abolition in the right. 18, late 1800s, um, like the civil rights movement in the 1950s, uh, and like even like some of the socialist movements in the uh, 30s and 40s in America, mm-hmm. um, all of those movements have never been popular. But with you know they've still made lasting mm-hmm. changes, right? Um, and even if they're not they're not the type of lasting changes that we need, obviously, because the system's still falling apart. Um, but at the same time, if we didn't have those changes, God knows how much worse it would be. Oh yeah, um, one of the really interesting facts that I was uh, um, reading in one of the episodes of the Shape and Progress show um, about specifically the civil rights movement is uh, in the civil rights movement, uh, black people made had 51 cents of every dollar that white people mm. had. Um, mm. Today, for instance, it's exactly the same. Right. It's still 51 yes. cents on the dollar. Right. Um, Black, white Americans think that black Americans have right. 90% of the wealth that white people do. They actually have yep. 10% of the wealth right. that white people right. do. Right. So yes. those kind of statistics are, 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 are real condemnations of the, uh, of the system that we've got going here. It's just, just a matter of uniting enough to mm-hmm. combat all of the people who are trying to feed into that that's great. Yeah. Reality Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why people should join Shaping Progress at joinshapingprogress.com, right? Is it org or com? Dot org. Dot org. Great. Dot org. I'll, I mean, I'll get it right eventually. Joinshapingprogress.org. This is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. 
unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy. We will win. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you soon. The show's not over yet. <laughs> I'm t- just hang okay. out. I'm dancing along. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's not over. <laughs> and that's only the progressive voices part of the show. So I have to, they have a shorter show because they put commercials in it. So that's why I had to do the the timing cues. It's whatever. It is what it is. So we still have time. We have an, a half hour. So, um, yeah. What was it? What were you Thank saying? You. I, yeah. <laughs> Say again. I was just saying thank you very much for giving us the opportunity and for always promoting the show and everything. Of course. We I'm I'm super excited to have you on here very soon. Sorry oh, yeah. we had the technical difference. Oh, you're fine. So I was oh. just discussing with uh, with Mark yesterday how I was happy and surprised that um, folks your age and and you know in the age group of some of your your followers are down to listen to us mm. support us oh yeah you know of course it, it often feels like the, the the older generations aren't as interested mm. in hearing what the generations oh have to say. right well that's that kind of annoys me too because i hear they there's this um Every now and then, you'll hear someone on the corporate meeting saying, oh, uh, you know, put on your big boy pants, like talking about millennials, as if millennials are some kind, oh. they're so bratty or they're so privileged. This, this generation has seen a lot. They're, they're on the wrong side of Reaganomics. Uh, um, the two economic crashes, I mean, we could go on. The pandemic, re- more recently, I mean, but so much... Uh, school shootings and uh, and the uh, American dream has been basically uh, shipped to Norway. You know, um, what are you talking about? But it, but it's another way that people it, um, the, that the power structure keeps everybody in their place. So it's not see that what they're saying is it's not the system. It's you. If you can't yeah. pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, uh, I don't know, marry a billionaire and uh, pay off your student loan debt, um, it's because of you. You're lazy. You've had everything. Ha- I mean, it's so it's so vile. And then they talk about the greatest generation, right, which is the uh, World mm-hmm. War II generation. And I always remind people, you know, the greatest generation voted for FDR's Socialist New Deal in four landslide elections. And the only reason he wasn't elected again was because he was dead. So um, if that, that's the greatest generation, sure. Let's all go back to that time when we had a top marginal tax rate of 90%, where uh, mm-hmm. 35% of the labor force was unionized. I mean, we can go on. That's why... And, and then people say, oh, well, the reason we had a middle class, the, the reason the middle class was built in uh, the world war, in, after World War II was because Europe was in, in ruins. And that's true to an extent. But the fact is, the, our 
exports were only 5%. So the majority of the um, middle class, the economic boom during uh, after World War II was because of it was because of the New Deal and how it built the middle class from the ground up. It wasn't it wasn't just luck or that just the fact that that uh, Europe was in ruins. There was nobody who, um, you know, we in fact, we had the Marshall Plan, which is another socialist plan that built. We didn't build Europe, rebuild it. The people of Europe rebuilt it in the Marshall Plan. We just, you know, we funded it. So um, there's a lot of misconceptions, and also uh, it's by design, too, deliberate. The Republicans have, yeah, they have a vested interest in in, uh, really denigrating the New Deal, but people don't even realize, and we're talking about, you know, the disparity as far as uh, in the time of the New Deal, the GI Bill, for example, the many sections and parts of the GI Bill were not available to people who had darker pigment, even though they they served, they they fought, bled, and died. And I'm sure it must have been so galling to serve in in the military, in the segregated military, which actually was an offense to some of our allies, especially the British, and and then come home to the Jim Crow United States. And I think that's part, why, partly why the civil rights movement started too, because people were economically, um, you know, they were more economically vibrant and, and people who had darker pigment were like, F this crap. We just fought, bled, and died for this country. And now we, you're telling I us to get to the back of the bus, right? Go ahead. Sorry. It was almost even worse for them um, in World War One because the racism back then was so intense that uh, mm-hmm. white troops in the United States Army refused to fight alongside black troops. Ugh. So the black troops had to be stationed with uh, French units. Oh man! The French units were the ones who were not racist right. enough to be willing to fight alongside them. Right, and such hypocrisy on the part of the United States, too, to be fighting fascism when Hitler got his inspiration from the Jim Crow laws. That's They, the, they were the inspiration for the Nuremberg laws. Uh, I mean, of course, the Nuremberg laws were, were, were horrible. We mentioned during World War II that the United States was hypocritical mm. because of exactly that. Right. Right. Well, that's it reminds me when um, AOC said something on the on the mainstream media that and it was she was correct. She said there were the racist aspects of the New Deal. She's made by way of conversation. She called the New Deal parts of the New Deal racist and the corporate media, of course, went kicked right into gear to to make sure that they push back on that and call her crazy. Oh, yeah, she's uh, calling the New Deal racist. And they have this outrage, but they never explain. Okay, explain. Why wasn't the New Deal racist? That that is what drives me insane about the corporate media. They, it really is propaganda because they never 
they never explained. They okay, well, tell us why it wasn't racist. Because I could tell you that my father and uh, my uncles were able to use their new their uh, GI Bill to go to college and to buy a house. Um, that wasn't available to people who have darker pigment. They weren't allowed to buy homes with their New Deal, uh, with their um, with their GI Bill. They uh, and that is outrageous. They were allowed to get into um, housing projects. That's what they could do, but they weren't allowed to to build their intergenerational wealth. And that's that's how white Americans, uh, you know, rose up a little bit on the ladder at the time because they were able to do that. But and go to college, and these things were not available to uh, people at darker pigment, and it's just disgusting, of course, but also disgusting that the American people don't know it. And uh, that's, that's a, that is kind of alarming. People that we don't even know our own history in this country. So that's why. Are you still there? <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, no. I think they hung up. Well, that's how it goes, you know. We just we just hang up, and we don't um, you don't say anything. I, that's the millennials. They do stuff like that. They're sort of like, boom, okay, I'm done, and they go. And I I like that part about them. I appreciate it. But <laughs> when I'm t- that's what happens. You you know I have this. Um, I guess it's a little bit of it is a little nerves, but. I have uh, diarrhea of the mouth sometimes, <laughs> but I call it the terror buster. But it's um, when when people aren't responding, I'm like, okay, keep talking. In my mind, so we're boots on the ground here. We're moving on to Capitol now. I'll give you a boots on the ground update here. In I just wanted to show everybody the um, the patriots, the the legitimate political whatever the hell discourse legitimate political discourse of uh, January 6th legitimate political discourse multiple capital injuries okay there you go there's uh, legitimate the building. We are still taking metal, sharpened objects, missiles to include bottles and rocks and hand-thrown chemical-grade fireworks. Legitimate political discourse, ladies and gentlemen. How do they get away with this? And how is it that anybody's going to vote for them? Now, I, I know the 35% of authoritarians are going to vote for them, but I, you know, they're a lost cause, like the lost cause that they, that they're fighting for, which is, uh, really, it's the same old racism, everybody in their place, their so-called natural place. How do they put these statements out with straight faces?
people on the on the podcast where we're just playing some the video actually this is the video that the that the committees the congressional committee played during I guess Trump's impeachment his second impeachment this is effectively a riot it's a political, uh, you know, just a little bit of, bit of disagreement. That's why you bring your bear spray and your zip ties. It's funny how I never see all of the, well, even the, you know, all during the, um, what do you call it? You know, how the Republicans play the both sides game. And supposedly over the summer, cities burned to the ground. I don't know where these cities are. Does anybody know? I keep hearing Republicans say cities burn to the ground. Uh, and uh, that's just as bad as what happened on January 6th. What city? What? Where's the, anybody? I mean, I, I know there were problems, but f- f- many of the, um, the problems were created by the agent provocateur, the ones who... Uh, the right-wingers, who some of them were uh, actually arrested. One right-winger, one of these boogalo bullshits, shot into a police station, yelling, justice for George Floyd. This is what they do. They always talk about false flag operations and what supposedly what we're doing. But you better believe it's nothing but psychological projection. That's it. That's why when Tucker Carlson says, I'm not a Russian agent, you better, I, you, I will put my life on it. That son of a bitch is a Russian agent. You, either he's a deliberate Russian agent or he's a useless idiot for them. Why are they playing your clips? I would be ashamed and embarrassed if Russia was playing these clips as if I was validating them, it would be, I would be ashamed. But I'm not a traitor, you see. I'm not. I'm some, I'm actually a patriot. These, these right-wingers wouldn't understand what that means. They think that being a patriot is wearing some, an eagle on your shirt with some stars that say, freedom isn't free. When they wouldn't even pay, uh, they can't even handle. When you talk freedom isn't free, everybody else has got to pay, right? They these people couldn't handle freedom. It's just freedom too. I mean, we're, we're talking about freedom. We're talking about being able to have a decent society where we go to vote. You don't have to wait online for twelve hours to vote. That's freedom. Where you expect a living wage for the time you put in out of your life that you'll never get back that you that you're doing you're working okay you just deserve a living wage not only that the country deserves it it's not just uh, nice it's vital for democracy that's why we do it that's why you we can't have billionaires they are detrimental to democracy the whole, I mean, sometimes when I'm on the show and we're talking about things, it feels so 
overwhelming. It does. It feels so insurmountable how many problems we have, what we have to do to overcome. And on the other hand, I think, okay, is this bottom yet? Have we hit bottom? Because if we don't, if we hit bottom and we don't rebuild in a way that that shores and that prote protects democracy and you know unifies the country, we're done. Nine hours declaring it a riot. Look! Look! There's the legitimate political discourse. When you steal a riot shield from some of the Capitol Police and then you use it to smash windows. That's what they do. All over the country, there's legitimate political discourse going on when they're putting... Well, they, they uh, Rachel Maddow had footage of another one of these legitimate political discoursers firebombing a Democratic Party office. But they've done this forever. No, show me a a story of a Democrat firebombing a Republican Party office. Anybody? Can you show me that? I I would love to see it. We'll talk about it on the air. Show me a anything. Show me a um a rally where people have zip ties, bear spray, and cattle prods. All right, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I want to see. I, every protest I've ever been to, even ones where Mike Malloy got arrested, not a zip tie in the bunch. N well, except for the cops, <laughs> they zip tied Mike. But I didn't see not, and none of the protesters had cattle prods. Nobody took a shit. In, uh, you know, on the fence just to uh, show everybody how much they hate America. Legitimate political discourse is taking a dump in the Capitol, urinating in the Capitol, trashing the offices of duly elected representatives. We saw the pictures. You saw the pictures of Nancy Pelosi's office, how it was ransacked. That's legitimate political discourse. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't get over it. Uh, just when I think they've hit bottom, the, the trap door opens and they go flying down 15 more levels into hell. Legitimate political discourse. They, how do they do this with a straight face? They must know that they're fascists. And they, that's it. This is full tilt boogie fascism. They know it and they see blood in the water and they're coming in for the kill. Dim Fiora, dumb leader, all in the name of a con man who, who failed selling multi-level marketing fake vitamins which I find to be his most disgusting, well, one of his most disgusting, including Trump, well, the Trump University. But the Trump Network Vitamins never gets the attention that it deserves.
Okay, guys, um, apparently this tip of the spear has entered the Capitol building. Oh, well, there's Romney running from legitimate political discourse. A bunch of brown shirts running into the rotunda. Unreal. Wow. Wait a minute. Mark? What the hell, Mark? What happened? Are you there? I'm so sorry. The phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm what here. happened? The it's... phone died. We had to wait for it oh. to recharge. I, was <laughs> I didn't know what happened. You, I was scared. I yeah, I'm so sorry. I thought yeah. some Republican I, I got you. <laughs> I thought yeah. that the, they broke it in and to... took you like, uh, you know, the... <laughs> The Proud Boys or something came in. You know, anyway. no, there's a uh, there's a welcome mat outside of the apartment we're in here together, and it says uh, "Come back with a warrant." So that might. Have, <laughs> I like that. that. Scare them off. I gotta get Say one. Me too. That's love... good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Come so back with a warrant. Them. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we, on the phone we have Mark Middlestad. And his and Saul, I don't. What's your? I don't know his last name, but he's the producer of Shaping right. Progress. What? Yeah. How'd you know my last name? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Shaping Progress, and they're millennials. He's a little more private. Than you yeah, know. I know, right? You, yeah, it's true. I, I should have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's putting your face out kind there. Of a is it name to be private with is the only issue. Mm, mm. My real name sounds more like a pseudonym than anything I could come up with on my own. Right. <laughs> well, we won't tell. It. We won't say it. So, Mark and Saul run Shaping Progress, um, shapingprogress.org. Join shapingprogress.org. This is a organization that, well, for example, Mark's show yesterday, we discussed spirituality and philosophy but it's all it's these are issues that are all connected that's i mean i love that topic what you you know spirituality and philosophy and and what i said on the show was true the only complaint i had was that it was too short because we could really go on i don't know you want to talk about it now because i think my uh, first of all all of our political problems can be boiled down to the fact that we are deluded in uh we don't and deluded in uh that we don't um understand or know or or want accept that we are all connected and that is mm-hmm. to me it is spirituality spirituality and politics are all it's together for me that's how i feel about it we're I'm involved yeah. and engaged because I I don't know the people on the chat and those that we reach it's we're getting the word out yes we are connected it's it matters that you know we're in this together we're um 
if someone is left behind, we're all left behind. That's how I look at it. Yeah, you realize that empathy is not just a value, it's an obligation. Mm. And without it, our society starts to fracture and crumble. Right. That's right. What we're looking at now. Exactly. Humans have looked at over and over again for Mm -hmm. thousands of years. Right. Right. the, the thing that I also always like to tie it back to with philosophy and spirituality is at the end of the day, we can tell that um, we can, you know, it, it's like that uh, old saying, we're in this uh, world, but not of it. You mm. know? Um, mm-hmm. So when we're dealing with these problems, we can get very... Um, distraught about the progress that we are making mm. or the way that it's going mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we we don't just disappear you know before we were born mm. were we just nowhere mm. were we just nothing right um, right I even, know. If, even if we were uh that doesn't sound as bad as this <laughs> i this know can feel everyone right so at to that extent I mean, we can get really caught up with the world's problems, but um, at the same time, we have to remember uh, right. to be in these problems, but not of them. Mm, you know, we that's can't let very them good. That much. Do you hear this kid? He's yeah. wise. He must have been my father or something in a past life. Something. <laughs> that's no. right. He's an avid reader. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's the key, really. The intellectual curiosity. But the sad thing is that some people don't have empathy. They're sick. They have they're sociopaths. They're narcissists. That's what that's the symptom. You don't have empathy. You don't. You can't put yourself in somebody else's shoes. It's like it's really like having a lizard brain because that's what lizards are. They don't have <laughs> they they don't connect to others. And um, Trump is a sociopath. Uh, many of the people in top business are sociopaths and psychopaths because they don't care about others. They're, they're the people that could fire the entire workforce because it'll add another zero on their bank account. And they'll do it with that. And they won't lose an, a, a wink of sleep. They don't think so about it. Yeah, it's, so, it's, so, it's selfish. Sociopathy. Yeah. 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 So one one big thing that I keep coming into contact with with these philosophies and spiritualities um, is if you decide that we're mm. sitting in this thing, but we're not, you know, made out of our bodies or we're mm. not made out of ideas, that kind of thing. Um, what you start to realize is that once you get here, you have two choices. You can decide that the other people mm. that look like you or even the ones that don't look like you are just other beings in general, you can either decide to treat them with that love and empathy and respect, or you can decide that, yes, you're seeing them, but they don't actually matter. Right. You can kill as mm. many of them as you want, right. that kind right. of thing. And so that's what really gets me to realize that uh, I think we've all kind of made the decision of what we are to some degree. Mm. And uh, I don't think right. there are many people who really believe that they're just their bodies or their brains. Right. Well, that's true. Uh, and yeah. so once you once you get to that point, then it's like, okay, now you have a clear-cut decision. So are you going to be the person who decides to go be a psychopath like Elon mm. Musk or mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos or those freaks or Donald Trump? 
um, mm-hmm. or are you going to do the opposite and try and unite with people and show love to people? Right. And at that point, it seems like a pretty easy decision because right. yeah. you could go through, if you believe in reincarnation, as many lives as you want being a dick, but mm-hmm. it's not going <laughs> to help you out. Right. So. It's it's really or true. That is, that's a Buddhist principle too, you know, cause and effect, everything yep. in the, in the action the cause in the cause the effect is built in so whether it manifests now or five years or when you know like when you're smoking a cigarette you're making a cause that might manifest years later in cancer you know but there's something you're doing uh it everything matters and i don't know i'm debating with myself now because i i had a very weird well there's only five minutes left Ugh. Because I had a, I had this spiritual. No, no, no. You don't be sorry. I, maybe we'll talk about it on. We should. Uh, God, now that I said it. Well, all right. I'll tell you very quickly. I had this very weird experience when I was around fifteen years old. And okay, so I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were both, you know, smoking pot and whatever, smoking cigarettes, and um, my friend's mother was really religious and he said and she said you're coming with me to this mass it's a catholic mass and it was run by this uh healer okay so they have and they do have this in catholic masses i i think it's called the something about something in the spirit i can't remember but it sounds you know it's very it's not faith well it was he was like a healer but it was something they call it something like something in the spirit. I can't remember, but, um, so we went and my friend and I were like laughing our asses off, making fun of it. And yeah, it was fun laughing. And then, and I'm sure you've seen those movies or videos where somebody's like boogaboo Jesus and they fall back and people catch. Well, that it was like that, except it was a little bit less uh, over the top. He was more subdued, this guy. Anyway, so my friend and I were laughing our asses off. I swear to you, I swear to the world uh, that this guy came over to me and my friend, and I woke up on the floor, okay? Okay? And I looked to my friend, and he was... He was, he was still out. And I was like, Joe, Joe. And he looked at me and we both were like, what the fuck? And we laughed our ass. I mean, ran out the door and we were, I was like shaking, you know? And I was like, give me, you know, give me a cigarette. I was 15, right? Smoking. And, um, so the next day I remember being on the bus going to school and and there were all the kids were talking and laughing and i was sitting in the back uh, at the in the corner window looking out the window going what the fuck was that you know and uh and i also felt that i didn't want to kill myself as much you know like i didn't have that crushing sense of dis whatever whatever that was angst and uh depression you know as and i felt like wow i don't want to uh you know i feel like good and but so it but it wore off okay life went on and if that didn't happen with somebody i know because we would talk about that 
period was like what the fuck was that right if i if it had happened to me just by myself i would probably think i was delusional misremembering or whatever so years later i'm i'm uh now i'm went through life a little bit i was uh an addict now i'm clean right and i i'm practicing buddhism and i and i at the time i was practicing zen before i found uh nietzsche and buddhism so i was so uh, in the zen temple they had uh the you go and have direct teaching with the with the monk so i said i went in there and you can ask a question and i and i told her this story and i said um because i i said um do you believe in god and of course there's no god in buddhism and uh she and i told her this story and she said he maybe he saw no separation and i and then she rang the bell like jing jing you know your time's over but i have to tell you i'm not i mean that happened and to me i felt like that was somehow i mean we were we are all connected and that's really what i feel today and i know that there's some more here than meets the eye i don't know what it is i'm not you know i'm not arrogant enough to know what it is you know you know what i mean but yeah. uh yeah, I think that I think a lot of people spend their whole lives trying to figure it out, and mm-hmm. I think it's a fruitless search because it's sort of an unanswerable question. Right, right. But I mean that that experience, I would, uh, it still haunts me to a degree. Like so, in and let me tell you, during my like in the deepest depths of my addiction, when I was in the grips and in despair. I would I would think, you know, what was that? Because I would I would think um, there's no you know there's no God there's no hope there's no whatever, and um, and then I would say to myself, well, what was that? What was that? And I I just could not ever s- dismiss it. But I you know I don't know I don't think it I don't I mean you guys we talk about spirituality I don't believe in a man on a cloud but. My, uh, I yeah. do believe, you know, that there is more here than meets the eye. We don't have the language to even know how to ask the questions. Uh, but when you boil it down, it really is that we are all connected. And uh, if anything that deviates from that is making us sick, you know, greed. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we're suffering. Yeah, as a, as a species, yeah. really. So, I don't know. We could talk about that. <laughs> we have an obligation to each other, which we're mm-hmm. not fulfilling. It's true. It I, is true. Yeah, that's I, it. I know we don't. I know we don't have much time left. But real yeah. quick, I uh, kind of. I, I wanted to ask: Was there so that the the uh, the Zen leader at the time um, did so that they said. Um, he, in that moment there was no separation yes yes she said uh, perhaps he saw no separation that's what she said and because i told so, her yeah yeah that that's super interesting to me because like soul was saying that i i'm an avid reader and um about eight months ago now uh i encountered this book that is 
basically the spiritual uh, teachings mm-hmm. that, that I subscribe to personally. Um, and it's well, well, called A Course in Miracles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've known that. I know that a lot. Yeah, I've done that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, hold on. we we got to oh, wrap yeah. it up. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Saul. And join shapingprogress.org. Go to join shaping joinshapingprogress.org and sign up. We will win. Thank you, Tara. You got it. Don't hang up yet. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin if you can. And we stick together. We win. We're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you soon. All right, it's over. I did fix that. I don't know why I keep... What's that? My outro's... Your outro is fantastic. Oh, (laughs) yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. The right side of history is... is Yes, that's it. That's how I feel. I mean, right side of history. That's what I think about the Republicans. How are you so um, just on the wrong side of history all the time? How do you how do you how do you live like that? Don't care. (laughs) Right. They don't care. And it's it's really greed. So and it's delusion, too, because you see how what a miserable bastard Trump is. It's not making him happy. What it's more and more and more. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's yeah, yeah, we're effed up. All right, so let me uh that's it really. That's tonight's show. I don't know. We we ran the gamut of emotions. I revealed a very weird thing that happened to me. It wasn't aliens. Uh, I don't know. I used to wish aliens would come and get me, but they haven't so far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell it was, but we could talk more about it later, another day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah. thank you guys. And I'm just going to probably, we'll wrap it up. Um, everybody in the yeah. chat, I wanted to see what, what uh, just want to say whatever. All right, guys, I'll talk to you yeah. later. Thank you so much for hanging out. And we'll, right. we'll talk later about our doing our phone, our, our patron phone call yeah. and all that. All right. Yeah. I need you. I need That'd your help. Great. Yeah. All righty. Oh, yeah. I'll talk Therefore, to you later, guys. I love you, Tara. Love yeah. you. Love, love you, you so much. See you later. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty, guys. Let me see. I want to see what you're saying in the chat. I wasn't able to as we were. Let me see. I just want to see what you're saying about my my weird thing. Maybe you're not saying anything. Okay, whatever. All right, guys, guys, guys. That's all right. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say nothing. Um, Listen, listen, listen. We're going to win. And let me see. I'm, not, I'm trying to think when we will do another show. Oh, my God. Monday, Tuesday, well, well, we did, how many shows? We did four shows last week, or no, three, three. That's good. No, no producer tonight. Oh, look at him. Hi, honey. Oh, isn't he good? He's such a good boy. All right, my friends, I guess I'm going to go get unconscious and pray that the aliens take me away. 
And thank you. I just want to thank you again, guys. Jim and Richard and JD and Errol and Jim again. And JL's a J and Mark C. Thank you so much for your super chats tonight. And thank you all for your patronage and your support. It means everything because we I really can't do it without you. And we're getting, yeah, we have a pretty great chat room, I think. I really do. We really are um, building our community. If you're interested, you can join us on Discord and uh, keep in touch during the week. I see those. Um, I see your messages and all that. That's probably the best place to to get me. A lot of people will email or message me on Facebook or whatever, and sometimes I don't see it until later. But Discord, I will see pretty pretty soon. But, all right. I don't even know what to say, except, uh, yeah, it's the best chat room, Mark. It is. And Mark, what we need to talk. Maybe you may... All right, I'm going to put it out there right now. Mark C. is going to be our guest next Friday. This Friday coming up. All right, how do you like that? Is that... Does that work for you, Mark? You'll let me know. And Mark is in, he's also in the chat room. I mean, in our Discord room and on the Shaping Progress. And I think it's a good, it will be good because to, um, you know, as we're talking about spirituality too, that Mark's channel is helping me <laughs> keep sane. I, and it's needed. We need we need that. I need it. So let me speak for myself. All right, my friends. Thank you so much. And I, I don't even know how to say goodbye. That's why I'm, I'm doing it like this. I'm like, how do you say goodbye to the greatest, greatest people on the on on earth <laughs> in the country? especially and on earth we have jd we have other people from different countries i think that's great i guess it's because it's such a shit show here there's so much shit here it's like watching a train wreck where the there's a the, where half the train is cheering for the wreck that's what it's like Ugh. And not just cheering for the wreck, they're also saying the N-word and zipping people with cattle prods and shit. <sighs> what a world. All right, so... All right. <laughs> my name is Tara Devlin. You know that. Why do I keep saying that? But I guess because my father named me that and he, you know... And he's a good man. I miss him. I miss him. Oh, look at this. I just got a... Somebody just sent a nice little note. Thank you. Very nice. Glenn Karen Murray. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Let me see. You seem like a pantheist. I've been reading about it again after many moons and find it a good way to go. 
even politically. Thank you. Love you. Yes, Libby M. Okay, I didn't know that was you. You were the same person. A lot of people have different names, like Shadow Star Ace. <laughs> Our friend Patricia, she's got a different name on, on here. It's hard to keep up with everybody's names. I can only keep up with my own name and my cat's names. So, but thank you. Yeah, maybe I'm not. I mean. Um, I'm more of, I am more of a Buddhist, not a pantheist, because I don't believe in a sky spook, but I do believe in that we're all connected. That's why I, I chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. I'm in, I'm in the SGI, which is a Buddhist, lay Buddhist organization that I love. It's great, great people. And, uh, that's, and it's also, it reminds me of, it's a lot like, the rooms of recovery we have meetings well not since the pandemic we do zoom and people share their experiences and that helps helps motivate because i think if they can do it so can i so well we need each other so but i i do believe that um I always think, you know, as far as chanting, I know it sounds weird, right? And I think that too. It does. Why is this? Why am I doing this? It's kind of weird. But personally, and also when I think, you know, whatever, uh, I think about it, it's uh, about getting in tune with whatever that energy is. Because I know for a fact that I am very... Um, I'm rarely, very, uh, what do you call it, affected by energy. And I, I can't watch bad, like horror movies. I don't like them. Some of them, like Silence of the Lambs is good. But the uh, just movies where people are killing each other for fun, I hate that. I don't understand it. And it hurt. It, like, makes me feel bad. So... Anyway, whatever. That's what Republicans do to me too. I know you don't need to hear this. This is like I'm on. I'm doing a shrink. My shrink is on. It's like your, all my shrinks. But all right, I should tell my shrink to watch the show and call it a day. All right, guys, guys, guys. Yes, the energy is you. Paradu says it's all of us. It's all of us. I don't know. I think of it like this, too. A hundred years ago, they didn't know X-rays or gamma rays or whatever, microwaves, until they had the instruments to detect them. And that's why I feel about life in general. There are so many layers to life. We just don't have the language or the capacity to, to tap in. Well, we have I mean, to touch them or to know them, but they do affect us. Do you know what I mean? Either way. So it's, we're in this together. That's why we stick together, we win, man. I mean, it is, that's the fundamental spiritual truth of the universe, in my opinion. And there are spiritual laws of the universe, like like there are laws of physics. Water will always freeze at 32 degrees and 
I don't know. You can't love somebody until you love yourself. That's a spiritual law of the universe. And also, you know, we stick together, we win. All right. Enough of this. Enough of me preaching and sharing. I hope you had a good show. I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, we will uh, keep coming back because it works if you work it. White Rabbit says, good show. Thanks for helping with an idea. Tucker Carlson's dancing is way more entertaining to watch than Steve Martin as the jerk (laughs) dancing in the background. Fun to make while listening. Take care. Yes. Um, God. Clown. Goddamn clowns. And you see, when I see somebody like Tucker Carlson himself, he is, to me, he looks like a... He's a spiritually sick bastard. He's spiritually sick. Trump, I mean, the country's spiritually sick. And the remedy is not Jesus, I hate to tell you. Maybe if you actually followed the teachings, but it's not the way they're, not their Jesus. Only wants one thing, gay bashing, well, trans bashing, too. Oh, the other thing. Oh, man. Maybe we'll do this in the next show. I I uh, saw this thing, and it was very interesting, and I wanted to share it. Well, I'm going to put it in. I'll put a pin in it, but we'll, we'll tease it. Let me see. You're going to like this. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes. Have you heard of a hero of the American Revolution, the French cavalry officer named Kazimierz Pulaski? Not French, Polish, excuse me. Kazimierz, Kazimierz Pulaski. Have you heard of him? Well, he went by him. But... Guess what, guys? Well, maybe we'll do it now. He was, he was intersexed. He was, whatever, and I don't, not intersexed, but he was, he, he was a, an intersexed person. They only found this out recently when they exhumed his grave because they were re- renovating it. And it was it was falling into disrepair, and they opened it up and wanted to fix it up, and his bones were there, and so they were like, "Oh, is this really Casimir Pulaski's bones?" So they did all kinds of genealogy tests, and using you know like the Twenty Three and Me and whatnot, they found one of his relatives. And by, by putting the DNA from the bone into the system. So they found a relative. I don't know how they did it all, all the way. Now it's, now it's confusing me. But they, they found somebody who was his relative. So that's how they were able to verify that this was Casimir Pulaski. But, but, but his bones were that of, that looked like a female. So that's why they were confused. And 
Then they realized, or however, or they discovered that he was intersex. Isn't that interesting? And because you you got to think about just trans people and intersex people and uh, hermaphrodite. There are more than people know. And this poor, I mean, it must have been really difficult for this person to live in that time. And that probably he excelled as a cavalry officer. They said he was fearless, daring, and he was, he's the father of the American cavalry, really. And never married, never had uh, relationships according to his biography. They thought he was just... Uh, and he stayed by himself a lot. That was the other thing. He was not... And probably because he was different and afraid of being discovered. It's pretty interesting. Let me show you. No, not that one. I thought that was so amazing and fascinating. And also sad, too, because the poor person who... Well, had to live and die, and now still not being recognized. Here we go. That's him. So, and um, it's just fascinating to me. The skeleton unearthed from the site appeared characteristically female. That's what threw them off. They were like, these are the, because of the bone, the hip bones were more female, particularly the pelvic bones and delicate facial structure. It was possible, the researchers theorized, that the body buried at the monument was not Pulaski's, as some had suspected, but many of the skeleton's traits were consistent with Pulaski's known features, the age of his death, the height of the skeleton, a healed injury on his right hand. So everything pointed to it was him. Changes to the hip joints, common and frequent riders, because he was riding horses since he could probably mount a horse. So. so the team came up with another theory. Pulaski was intersexed. Two decades ago, this hypothesis was difficult to prove, but a new investigation into the DNA of the contested remains recently chronicled in a Smithsonian Channel documentary, which I have to check out. I didn't know that suggests that the skeleton, skeleton remains does indeed belong to Pulaski. And this in turn leads experts to conclude that the Revolutionary War hero was intersex, a general term that Intersex Society of North America writes applies to people who are born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't seem to fit the typical definitions of female or male. Pulaski was born in Warsaw in 1745 and distinguished himself early as a skilled fighter. <clears throat> Excuse me. He participated in efforts to push back against the Russian interference in Poland's independence, eventually fled to France, where he met Benjamin Franklin, who recommended him to George Washington. By 1777, Pulaski had arrived in America ready to assist the revolutionaries. During the Battle of Brandywine, he led a bold charge against the British and has been credited with saving the American forces as they retreated. 
Congress subsequently named him general and chief of cavalry, and Pulaski formed a legion of mixed corps that helped repel the British from Charleston. He was, in other words, <clears throat> living a very masculine existence, said assistant professor of anthropology at Georgia Southern University, blah, 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 who was involved in the investigation of into Pulaski's remains. And that must be from the documentary. I got to Oh, is this it? Oh, no, it's just a promo. Unfortunately, <clears throat> the general's life was cut short in October of 1779 when he was mortally wounded during the, a battle in Savannah. What happened next is not entirely clear. Some say Pulaski was taken onto a warship where he died and was buried at sea. Others maintain he had been transported to a French field hospital, and it was there that he was buried. Well, now we know, because these are his remains. In the 1850s, those remains were taken from a plantation and buried at Pulaski's Savannah Monument. Even at the time, many doubted that the exhumed body truly belonged to the courageous Polish warrior. Ah, anyway. So there you go. Life, people, human beings are diverse and amazing and interesting. And it's just sad that this poor guy or I guess guy. I don't know. What do you do? who lived and had to hide. But it's not unusual that people like who like him, who are different, I'm sure, probably he felt he had more to prove. So that's why he excelled in the cavalry and was so brave and was known for being a fierce fighter. It's very interesting. And it should be told. That's a story that should be told. Right along with critical race theory. Don't you think? Isn't that more interesting than the bullshit they're trying to peddle? Like, I don't know. Uh, I cannot tell a lie. George Washington cannot tell a lie. He told a lot of lies. In fact, he was pretty much responsible for... What was that? Um... <clears throat> Was he for, for the Seven Years' War? Was that it? Because he killed a French diplomat by accident. <laughs> Fucking guy. And then he lied about it and continued to lie about it because he was covering his ass. So give me a break here. Give me a break. All right. You don't hear that on Tucker Carlson's show, do you? The Casimir Pulaski, the great general, the father of the American cavalry, was intersex. Anybody? You hear that? How come they can't handle life? This is life, man. I mean, people are... I mean, we're sharing this time with people and all kinds of people. Just why do we got to be dicks? Hmm. 
All right, my friend. Oh, thank you. Winston Smith says, very interesting, Tara. I really love that I learn new things watching your show. Thank you. I love that. I love that you're learning things, too, and that you're getting it, you know, getting, um, I mean, what? That sounded like a dick, right? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I mean, I love that that's how you, that you're, you know what I'm saying. You can, I don't know, foot and mouth disease tonight. I don't want to hang up, but we got to. All right. I hope that others, we, we might, we'll, we'll talk about it again because I think that a lot of people won't, won't tune in to the end. This is like an Easter egg at the end. And you, you think it's over and then you learn a whole thing about Casimir Pulaski, about our intersex father of the American Calvary, hero of the revolution. Ask any of those proud boys what they think of that. You know what they think? Oh, I don't have it ready. <laughs> they think, I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed I all, grabbed the, money all the money. I'm so greedy. I'm so greedy. I'm greedy. That should have been a disqualifier right there. I'm so greedy, greedy, greedy. Right at, well, after he came down the escalator calling Mexicans rapists, we sure said, bye, fascist. Oh, that's a fascist. Fuck that. See you later. And then when he called the Tiki Torch scums good, very fine people, I don't feel good turning down money. No, you don't. You're a con man. That's why you found the most lucrative con of your life with these suckers, these Trump suckers. Jesus Christ. And you know for a fact, I mean, he's, he's the most miserable puss on earth. He really is. Jesus Christ. Everybody hates him. He hates himself. He hates his wives. He hates his kids, except his daughter. He wants to fuck. Excuse my language. But that's the truth. You know that when he said, if Ivanka wasn't my daughter, I'd be dating her. He thought he was giving a compliment because that's the, mo that's the highest compliment you can get from him. He wants to bang you. You want, oh, I love, I would love to bang my daughter if she wasn't my daughter. How sick is that? That is sick. And these people are like, Ugh. very fine people, right? Very fine. Jews will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. Yep. Tiny minds, tiny. Tiny, all around tiny. All right, guys, 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 I'm looking at the time. I'm losing my voice. I'm going to go lay down and, I don't know, watch a, some TV that d doesn't it pl take place in this time. That's my goal. I, I usually do that because it's a way of escaping. Thank you, Terry Taylor. It's the fucking truth, Tara. Exactly. Yes, Errol Thomas says it's all right for you to, to for you to use obscenities on the show, but 
you know, I don't know. It's all right, but I think YouTube gets not good about it. And I don't know. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't seem good as good when warranted. Yes. But I try and I do curse in my daily life. Not like a, not like a sailor, but in conversation, I'll say, fuck that or whatever. <sighs> All right, guys, guys, I don't know what I'm going to watch, though. I've been watching a lot of Nazi stuff, like not movies. Well, I saw Munich. That was good on on Netflix, which is very interesting. About right before the Nazis truly, you know, fucked up the world. Well, they did. They fucked it up there, too. But about Hitler, the building up and two friends, one British, one German. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, guys, guys, we're gonna win. All right? We are on the right side of history. Like Kazimir Pulaski, one of our heroes. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We will win. We Stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. I'll see you. I'll see you very soon.